how to be a new leader. What would you do in the first 30 days? The first thing I would try to do is when you're a new manager, you have to seize the moment and set the tone. You're trying to signal, hey, there's a new sheriff in town and we're going to do things a little bit different. A couple of pitfalls that people can easily fall into. Oftentimes, I would see execs who'd come in and be like, I've already done this before. Oh, in this company, when I did that. But it almost kind of comes off as if it's insecure. You want to make obvious changes, especially firing people changes very, very quickly. And if over two, three months go by and you don't do the most obvious thing, then everyone's going to go like, oh, okay, this person's just the same and nothing's mm -hmm. going to change. Very early in our lives, we were told if you're too caught up with like the the customer side of things and building the product side of things, you can't be a strategic leader. I think that's all bullshit. The final thing I would do. Hey everyone, welcome to another exciting episode of the Arthi and Sriram show with me, Sriram and... And me, Arthi. There we go. Uh, well, if you <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. Uh, if this is your first time, uh, thank you for joining for the first time. This is a, he, on this show. We talk about we we do an episode a week, and we talk about uh, you know kind of amazing people in the world of entrepreneurship, building things, and kind of lessons we have learned over the years in being at the heart of many interesting technology organizations. And we have one of those episodes today. But whether you're new or you're here again, if you, one thing that would help us out a lot is if you can show us some algorithmic love. By that. What I mean is, if you're wherever you're listening or watching this, you know, hit like, subscribe, turn on notifications. If you're on YouTube, follow our channel, hit the bell icon. If you're on Spotify or Apple, follow our podcast, leave a review. This helps us a lot. To please the algorithmic guards. Okay, Arthi, hey, how, what are we doing today? Um, yeah, before we just jumped into that, I just want to say we got a lot of uh, new subscribers from the last time we recorded the episode to now. So if it's the first time you're listening to us, welcome. We're really excited you're here. Um, you know, there's just been this like uptick and, uh, you know, now it's the year end list. So for people who called us out on Spotify Unwrapped and uh, or Spotify Wrapped um, and uh, just tagged us everywhere. Uh, thank you for doing that. You know, it's just really exciting for us to see who you are and where you're uh, listening from or uh, watching our episode from. The folks who've just discovered through other people's uh, um, just social media, welcome. Uh, we hope you find uh, something useful in here for all of you. Yeah, by the way, the Spotify rap uh, stats was awesome. Yeah, uh, because we uh, we were honestly we, we were just blown away. I you know we we've been doing this for maybe a little about a year over a year now, and you know just seeing uh, we should put the numbers, but like you know one uh, being in so many countries, two is you know being the most listened to or the top five most listened to podcast for thousands of people. Uh, yeah. it really blew me away. It's like uh, I, I, I don't know what surprise you the most but for me it was like okay there are these huge numbers of people that we can't see that we're talking to every single time and maybe yeah. we're, the, we're the only people that they're listening and it's almost as if you are in uh, a stadium or a large conference uh, venue uh, and you know they're all just listening to you so it really blows me away that's exactly it right I think for me you know oftentimes you and I are sitting in rooms recording this thing and it's fairly you know we have each other, but it's fairly lonely. We have no idea who's actually like listening to it. We'll get comments and that's really nice. But we don't really get to see the scale of this. And uh, we got, you know, I think the Spotify thing kind of called us out as like one of the top podcasts. 
in in technology one of the top podcasts in different countries it's just amazing to hear and um and i also think and the other stat that blew me away was most of our listeners of the podcast came joined us in the last you know few months in the last 5 6 months is when they all came in uh which is amazing because uh, yeah, you know if you if you're new here welcome which means uh, which means i get to repeat all of my jokes and this it'll be as funny <laughs> as if you're hearing for the first time or not funny but <laughs> you can keep going um cool so today you know uh it's going to be it's end of 2023 it's going to be 2024 soon um one of the things that we get asked a lot and mostly because we've been through this journey ourselves um is to figure out how to be a new leader right a new manager in your company a new executive in your company a lot of you i'm sure have aspirations or are on your way to becoming a manager or a new exec like a you know a c suite or a vp or whichever title that might be and uh, we've all both Shreeram and i've been through this we have this like learned experience what to do what not to do so we wanted to um do an episode on just that on you know how to be a new leader that's right and you know i think it this comes across people's careers in many many ways uh you know and uh in many shapes and forms so one is for a lot of you you know in any sort of professional career you probably have a moment where you go from you are a individual contributor uh and then you know maybe you are the person who's actually doing the thing and then one day you're elevated or you have a chance where you are overseeing a bunch of people um and that may be formally that may be informally that may happen uh the other way this can happen is you get hired into a new role at a different company a different organization and you go from somebody with maybe a small team to somebody with a large team i'd be had the chance to do this a, a few different times and it's always interesting and what you want to do today was you know uh, approach it as if this is your first time you're taking over a team it could be a small team it could be a large team and you are trying to figure out what you want to do for the first 30 60 90 days so this is not going to be sort of a uh, you know how to be a fantastic manager there are amazing books and content and we'll try and do some of that also this is just you're getting started it's your new role and you know you want to you know, it's your first 30 60 90 days and what do we do right right that's exactly it so shriram you know let's say you are that person you landed this new job or you got promoted uh you have you know you have to write down your 30 60 90 plan and folks are new to this you know it's basically what would you do in the first 30 days first 60 days first 90 days you put it together in a document many companies have this as a protocol but you know sometimes you just kind of like organically write one yourselves just so that you know what you're doing and you can track it so in your view shriram if you're that person what do you do how do you get started well uh, i think the first thing is it, it, and those of you who have been through this will understand this and and if you're if you're an individual contributor you may also feel some of this it's the very first time you go from being responsible for just yourself to being responsible for a team of people uh, yeah. i think a lot of people feel not prepared and not ready uh and uh you know, and this this manifests itself in many many different forms like you walk into a meeting and you go oh wow like everything i say has deeper meaning now and people are going to take me seriously uh I, you know do i know what i'm saying 
Um, you know, you look at every single person and you think about how you're now responsible in many ways for their career and their happiness, where in the past you might have just been responsible for yours. So that's what you thought. Um, and and I think a lot of people, and I definitely went through this, you go for the first time and you think, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, am I Who am I supposed to act like? Right? Like, and what a lot of people do is they try and think about the first sort of leadership historical figure or usually a fictional TV character that they try and emulate, which is, yeah, one of my friends would tell me that a lot of tech leaders model themselves when they get started on Captain Jean-Luc Picard of the U.S. Enterprise, because that was like, well, I want to be a leader, yeah. he was a great leader, let's do that. But, so the first thing I think I'm here to kind of tell you is that that this is normal, right? Like EU uh, is normal for everybody for the first time when they're doing something, uh, uh, when, they be, when they're managing a team to feel like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing and I have to, you know, uh, figure out what I'm, you know, what I'm here for. So that's normal. So if nothing else, you know, if you remember nothing from this episode, you know, uh, I want just you to feel that it is okay. Um, but I think maybe next after that, I think the thing to think about is that um, you have a period of time, the your, and there is no actual number, but it's somewhere between 30 days, less than 30 days is too short, but it definitely not over 90 days. We have the chance to make a first impression and to really set the tone for your tenure or term as manager, right? And by the way, th this is true for anyone. This is true for new CEOs. This is true for true for presidents. You have like a limited window of time because in that time, people are getting to know you. They are going to cut you some slack for, um, you know, mistakes you may do. They're trying to figure you out. And after 90 days or so, you know, they've kind of really, you know, usually formed your beliefs, uh, their beliefs of what you're trying to accomplish. And then you're a little bit of right. steady state mode. So I think the first thing I would try to do is when you get started is just meet everybody. Um, and I would implement a particular protocol where you go uh, get a one-on-one -on -one with every single person in the team. And this is obviously easier if you have a smaller team, if you're suddenly taking over a several thousand person organization, uh, you know, it may be more challenging, but I would definitely make sure that you meet all the key leaders. If you have other managers reporting to you, you want to meet all the, the key contributors, everyone who is a valuable node in the organization. And this can be very short. This can be a 30, 45-minute meeting. And in every one of those, you're trying to accomplish a few things. The first is you're trying to introduce yourself because, you know, one, they may not know you. Uh, mm -hmm. Or second is what is more common is they may know you, but in a previous role or a previous capacity. Like previously, right. for example, you were the most senior technical engineering contributor and one day you're not the engineering manager or the engineering director or whatever the case may be and it is a chance for you to sort of re-establish yourself in a new role so i want you to come in i want you to introduce yourself i want you to talk a little bit about your history and what right. you hope to hope to sort of accomplish from this role but the key thing is then kind of like mostly shut up because you're new you generally don't know what you're doing yet and you generally don't want to form your views very quickly yet what you want to do is then listen so you want to figure out um, a few topics i would say you want to see first of all like what does the other person actually do maybe yeah. you know it maybe you don't but you also want to hear what is their interpretation of what they do and this could be like hey i maintain and own this component right mm -hmm. like i run you know sales strategy for this feature right i run our brand marketing whatever the case may be you want them to explain to you what it is they do you, you want to quickly try and get through, you know, uh, what their key plans and 
key milestones for the next year. There's going to be a short video, so you don't have a chance to do this deeply. And you obviously, there are other reviews and things where you can do this deeply. Third, and maybe uh, third and fourth, I think quite important. Third thing is, I usually try and ask a couple of questions. Um, the first question I would ask is, okay, um, what are a couple of things that you think I should be aware of? Or that right. if you were me, I should right. do. And this is actually very important, um, uh, you know, because, uh, you know, a lot of people, they're trying to size you up and they and they probably have not a chance usually to try and talk to, uh, you know, somebody they're going to be working for, somebody who's a key leader and really kind of say, okay, hey, this is some issue that you're aware of. But you want to yeah. you ask this and every single time I ha- ask this, you always get an interesting answer. Yeah, and this answer could be something like, hey, this thing that we're working on is not really working. Or, right. you know, like, or we are, uh, you know, this team and this team are not talking. Or there's going to be something, and they may not tell you directly, but, you know, if you talk to enough people, you're going to start triangulating some things. And it's quite rare for you to talk to maybe a dozen plus people and not have the same team start to pop up. And mm-hmm. if you want to get a little bit more expansive, you can say, hey, what are a couple of things that are going really well? And what are a couple of things that, you know, I can work on improving? And right. over time, you'll quickly find that, uh, you know, these the items start uh, uh, triangulating. Like the person I actually really learned this from is Andrew Bosworth, Boz, who's now CTO of Meta. And when he first took over the ads team, this was over 10 years ago at this point, he went on a tour, he took it over from somebody else who was running ads. And he wasn't in ads at the time. He had no idea how advertising worked. And he went and asked every single person or every single leader of the team, hey, uh, what are things are going well? What are things we should stop doing? And he got some very, very similar answers from everybody. So, and then he was able to, you know, um, kind of say, okay, these are things that everyone is, has on their mind. The final thing I would do is I would try and ask everybody, hey, who are a couple of people I should talk to? And, yeah. you know, it, this is just a couple of things. One is you may already be talking to them. That's not the real issue. But it tells you who is respected, who is sort of thought of as a key figure in the organization. So, for example, it may not be just like the engineering manager. It may be that rock star uh, individual programmer that everyone knows to go to, right? Or this person who's been in the organization for always keep a secret. So, anyway, so you do all of this for the first, say, two, three weeks. You do nothing else but this. And end of two, three weeks, what I think we should do just for yourself, but even maybe you want to think about sharing this, is you, you should write up a little document about everything you've heard. Like, you know, right. what are the themes that you wind up hearing? What are, you know, what seems to be on top of people's minds? Who are interesting people? Who are people that maybe are not performing really well because others seem to have issues with them? And it gives you a map of the organization. And so maybe, you know, and that is going to get you off to a good start. So I know, I know there's a little bit of a, like a, uh, a little bit of a monologue, but... No, I, I think uh, I agree with all of that. Um, I want to add a couple of things to it. One... You have to remember that as much as you are in this mission of information seeking in this like first three weeks where you're meeting people and you're asking the same questions, remember that they are also, the other side is also uh, using this to make a judgment of you, right? And so you kind of have to figure out what do you want to project? Um, Because whether you like it or not, these first impressions matter a lot. And uh, for a long time, they're going to go with, that's the person who came into my office or who set up the Zoom call and said this or did that. And so one thing I would say is just not knowing your individual context is to show up with a lot of energy. Um, just be excited about what the role is, what you're trying to do, what you're trying to accomplish. And and 
also you can be you know if it's my style and i think shuram style is too to to talk about it up front as we don't know a lot about this like just be you know a bit self deprecating and be humble to go learn because it goes such a long way to not come in oftentimes i would see execs who'd come in and be like i've already done this before oh in this company when i did that i did this thing and oh, yeah. some of it comes off as if they want to try and like establish that they are here for the right reasons and that you know be this company hired the right person for the right role but it almost kind of comes off as if it's they're very insecure because they're they spend off the 30 minutes or 45 minutes you're meeting 20 minutes just trying to brag about some other previous role that has like no context here so just listen be humble uh talk about you know being enthusiastic show up with a lot of energy but really just show up to listen and uh and uh you know just learn from the whole situation so that's one and i think people underestimate how much of it is like it's a two way street and the other side also needs to make uh, the first impression on you and so use this as an opportunity for that um and two i think um similar to what you know boss uh, andrew boss was had told you sure um um this is in a slightly different context uh, manik gupta who's now um vp at microsoft uh was a cpo at uber he had said this in a slightly different context on uh, interviews and interviewing where he basically said uh when you talk to a lot of people within this company in like these similar leadership kind of roles you ask very similar questions to all of them you know what's working what's not working what would you change what do you wish you had the capacity to go change quickly that kind of thing like have a template of questions and ask the same thing to every person who you're meeting and then write it all down um and and it's up to you whether you want to like name the person or not name the person but put it all together in a doc similar to what you said and at some point you're going to have to like publish it like put it together as a memo or share it or you know at least share it with your like you know your manager in this case it might be the ceo or whoever like if you're the exec um make sure that it's like published so people know and have this sense of like oh this is how we all perceive the business and the challenges and the opportunities to look like kind of thing and and also it's such like such an easy way for you to just map everything and map not just people but the problems in the business in like a pretty easy way yeah i think there are a couple of pitfalls that people can easily fall into when they're doing this uh the, i think the first pitfall is you know a lot of these folks are going to ask you you know hey what are your plans for x y and z i think it's and if you're new your plans for x y and z are usually either not formed or somebody maybe your boss the ceo or who you're working for has told you and you can very easily get pinned into something that you don't want to commit to yet so one is mm-hmm. when you these conversations you really don't want to commit to you know anything because you're basically in information gathering mode and people push on you they be like hey we need more headcount for x or you know you know or sometimes you know very common version would be like you know uh, they be like hey this x is a priority that they're working on do you, and they try to look for any signs that you might be wavering and you just want to say hey listen i'm just here to listen you know i'm not going to uh, you know i'm not going to make any tensions right away you know i'm in kind of like switch you know move the topic along uh i think the the second pitfall and this may be more subtle is you don't actually want to listen to what people are telling you and directly and what i mean by that is mm-hmm. it is very common for sort of mediocre managers to come in 
they do this, you know, they listen to a lot of people and they say, well, X, Y, and Z isn't working. X, Y, and uh, mm-hmm. A, B, and C is asked for. Let's just do that. Now, there's a reason why you can do that because it's going to give you some populist wins and that's important, which you'll talk about a little bit. Um, but I think mm-hmm. the thing is like the your strategy agenda doesn't need to be exactly what people tell you, right? So you think of right. the signals, but the fix to this may be totally different. The fix to this is if some people are unhappy with, say, the amount of headcount that they have, maybe the answer is not giving them more headcount. The answer is like kill the whole project because it's not important. So it's very important to not get into a mode where, you know, you say, okay, I'm just going to make everybody happy. Um, it's more important to just get a pulse of the organization. So uh, it, it, this may be a whole other topic. But yeah, I think if you just kind of do this map right right under the talk, because I do think that's important, it tells you, uh, especially when time goes by and memory, you know, fades, it tells you what's going to happen. Exactly. Okay. That's the other thing, right? Like the reason to write a doc is not just to like share and all of that, but also in a few months, you'll be so sucked into this organization and the problems and the day-to-day of like running this business that you will forget how it felt to be this outsider coming in for the first time. And this doc will almost always serve as a really good anchor for you to be like, this is how everybody else perceives this business and the challenges and everything else to be. So it's good for you to just document when everything is fresh in your head and when you don't, when you're not really an insider yet. Yeah. And you also see who are people that were trusted, not trusted by lack of, by omission and you want to build them up. Okay. So next up, um, you know, so, one, you're giving yourself some breathing room. You, you don't have imposter syndrome. Two, you've built this map. The third piece, what I would recommend is you want to make obvious changes, especially firing people changes very, very quickly. And this is something which Gokul Rajaram taught me when I took like a senior job a while ago. I called him for advice. And Gokul told me, hey, so when you take on a new role, people want to give you some period of time maybe it's a month or two. And every organization, you know, there is usually this very uh, sort of like emperor's new clothes style issue. Um, And in my case, when I took over this role, there was this sort of mid-level leader who was quite obviously not performing um, for multiple reasons, but nobody had really, you know, built up the corporate energy to say, hey, this place is not working out for you. And what Gokul would tell me is when you show up, you know, people want to give you about, about a month or two, to say, hey, is this person going to actually do what is required? Um, And if over two, three months go by and you don't do the most obvious thing, then everyone's going to go like, okay, this person's just the same and nothing's Mm going to change. Um, The second part of it is when you're new, you have the latitude, you have the permission to go make changes, right? And because you're the new person, people don't trust you, your manager's probably going to back you up. Uh, you have sort of institutional authority. So I would say if you come in, there is a temptation to go, okay, I've come in, I'm going to evaluate all these people. I know these people had, you know, really challenging performance reviews or really, really challenging feedback from their colleagues. So it's very obvious to work on. But you know what? I don't want to come in and be the bad person who immediately, you know, changes things or moves people off the, the team. And I would say you should be the opposite. If you come in first part, you know, first 45, 60 days, There'll be some obvious changes to do in the organization. Uh, changes, you know, sometimes could be positive, like elevate someone to run a team or, um, you, you know, give someone more responsibility. Or it could most often be like, this person is not working out. We need to make some changes. So do that quickly, right? Like do that in the first 45, 60 days. Work with your HR team or whoever the case may be and say, hey, this is not working out. Because once you have 
that window of time and if you lose that it's going to get way more challenging as time goes by yeah i think uh, i agree with that i think it's also you know i acknowledge that it's not pleasant um i also you know i really struggled with uh, you know you, you touched on this earlier sure i'm like being an imposter uh like who what do i know i'm not an expert here you know there are these people who've been building this business for so long uh am i doing the right thing and you have all these like self doubt uh but i would just say trust your instinct uh you've done the leg work especially if you've done the previous step which is meet everyone talk to everyone document everything understand how what's working what isn't you will realize what the obvious things are and what the obvious you know there are going to be people who are incre- incredibly instrumental in making the company successful or your org successful your team successful and then there are going to be people who are not who are actually getting in the way <clears throat> who are not adding in the adding value they probably may not be in the right role or the right company or they you know whatever might be the issue is so you don't owe it to anybody else to figure out to to give time or do anything else like make the change be confident be bold i wish somebody told me that when i did this for the first time uh because oftentimes you're just so crippled with just insecurity and just feeling like you just don't know enough but you do you've done the work if you've actually truly done the work you will know and yeah and i think you know one thing empirically if you talk to any senior executive you'll find is that nobody almost regrets um you know having someone making someone like leave the team or firing somebody in every single case everybody said i wish i'd done that sooner it cleared oh, yeah. up so much baggage on the team it improved morale it it was very much needed i don't think i can't think of a single time in my career when i had to you know remove someone from a team uh where it wasn't working out and it hasn't dramatically made things better and by the way that doesn't mean that person wasn't great obviously the plan, you know the answer is like that that fit that place wasn't just the right fit for the many number of reasons but in every case when something isn't working out you know it very quickly and yeah. when you're a new manager you have to seize the moment and set the tone because yeah. once you do set the tone the reason and look there are a lot of uh, podcasts and books which talk about why you should fire fast but the reason you should do it especially as a new manager is that it sets a tone like hey in your regime in the era of you uh you know uh, uh you know things you know things are going to operate in a certain fashion and part of it's going to be you know uh, we have certain standards here and i'm going to make obvious changes very very quickly and that's going to win you so much karma with the team people are going to like okay you know this person you know is is not afraid to make some of the steps that uh, are required and I, every single case i've done that uh, it's been great for me so those would be that that be like the third thing uh, that i would think about got it yeah that makes sense okay so you've met a bunch of people you've written your like memo internally uh you figured out what changes to make especially like exits departures you've thought through that yeah. now you have this core group of people you have your own team you're a manager or a manager of managers uh you're a, you know you're an exec like how will you want to define your title your role mm-hmm. um what do you do with the rest of the people who are now there yeah well there's a few things to do but i would say in the context of the first 30 60 days uh you want to you know you want to establish the rhythm cadence communication style of yeah. your regime let's call it yeah. right 
And this happens in many ways, small, symbolic, and large. And here's a few tips which I love. Uh, and this might surprise some of you. The first thing you should do when you're taking over a team is every team probably has some sort of like a, a weekly sync or a daily stand-up or some status meeting. The first thing I want you to do is to delete the existing cadence and set up a new cadence that comes from your calendar at your schedule, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, and with maybe a what, why why would you do that? Why is it important? Well, I think basically, I think you know when you have a new king or new queen, you want to say, hey, this is how we do business now, <laughs> right? And these are okay. you know, and so and out with the old, in with the new. Because sometimes when you just take over an existing meeting. Right. Like people are going to be like, well, this is how we used to run things. This is, you know, this is the kind of doc we used to use. And there's obviously some props for continuity. But I always point it so much better when you come in and say, OK, this is how we work here now. And so I have a few elements. First is meetings, uh, recurring meetings. You have to delete every single existing one and set up everything from new, preferably in a new time, in a new slot, uh, you know, uh, in a new sort of format that comes from you. Okay. Uh, by the way, this is a little challenging if you know you have been in the team for like several years and you just take over. But even then, when you take over, it's a new opportunity to kind of like shake things up. So that's number one. Yeah. So Shriram, like the question I have, having been through this, right? It's easy to say that, and uh, there are some of these uh, some of these rituals that the companies, teams, orgs follow are you know they go back a long time. So as much as it's it's kind of it is to me at least it is a bit annoying to be like to always hear oh, but this is how we've always done it but this is how yeah. you know some sometimes i want to be like well it didn't work or it's not working as well as you think it does and you kind of want to like reset it but what's the line uh what how do you make sure that you're both like respectful of the culture and what you're joining in remember you're like the new person like you are the foreign object entering the system right um how do you make sure that you're like respectful of the people and the culture, but also you want to tell them you're here to go make a positive impact and a change and and there is like new velocity and momentum and energy here. How do you play? How do you just trade that well, off? The, the you get you're probably get building up a lot of karma from all the other things that we talked about, which is you're talking right. about you're making all these changes. Uh, but one of the things I've really come to believe is the heart of any organization is cadence. And that comes from the small atomic things you wind up doing. So the first thing I would do is destroy the existing meetings, set up new ones on your agenda. The second thing I would do is to destroy all the existing weekly emails or updates and then start sending out new communication cadences. And this could be a Slack channel, this could be a weekly email, doesn't really matter. But it has to come from a email address, maybe yours that you choose or a Slack channel that you choose, a format that you choose, and you got to do it consistently. Right, like you got to do it. Like you know, this, uh, you know, every single week it has to come from the same time in the same format, and they start associating it with you. So this has a, like a, this has like a few reasons for doing it. The first thing is you're trying to signal is, hey, there's a new sheriff in town, and we're going to do things a little bit differently. Right. The the second thing you're trying to do is you are trying to set tone and culture. And I find that the easiest way to do that is in how you communicate, in which right. how, how frequently you do it, uh, uh, when you do it, how you do it, and then how we sort of set up these gatherings. You, how do you bring people together? So, for example, one very, uh, for example, here's a common issue that this tackles. A very common issue that this tackles is, you know, if you have like a status meeting, 
you know, it starts off with a few people, a uh, very core team, and any mid-sized company over time, it just starts attracting more and more people. And before you know it, you have like 15, 20 people sitting around a Zoom or sitting in a conference room and nothing is get, getting done. And when you come in new, you have a chance to start afresh, right? And you go and you say, listen, hey, I know there's a lot of people in this meeting. I don't, I don't mean to offend anyone's uh, feelings here, but I want to start really small. And if you really need it, we can bring it back again. So it's kind of a chance to start fresh and be like, okay, we're going to start with three, four people again. And, you know, we, we can expand as needed. So it, it, it's going to help you set, tell people that there's a new sheriff in town and it's going to um, help you, you know, set the tone and cadence uh, that is required. It also, yeah. by the way, it really helps you because sometimes when you take over a team and the team has a strong, uh, they love their previous leader or there is a strong existing um, culture which may have challenges, is it helps you to basically say, hey, listen, I am going to set the tone for how this team should work. I appreciate what you folks are doing. I respect you. I'm spending all this time with you. But I have a plan and a vision and a way that I want to things to operate here. And I think th these are very, very key. Cool. Um, I have a couple more. Um, at least like, you know, okay. So one thing that I find, especially as you grow up the ranks, people stop doing, especially if you're like hired as a new exec, you don't use the product. And that is such a bad thing. You have to have to get to the roots of what this company does. You know, what is the thing that people are buying or companies are buying? You really have to just try the product, use the product, talk to the right people, preferably talk to the people building, like talk to the engineers. And, uh, and you know, if you, if you can't get like a version on your own laptop to go try out or you can't try the product, you know, for some reason get somebody to show it to you, like see the demo. Uh, you really have to like understand what this company does. Um, to me, at least, um, it is super frustrating when I talk to people in other companies and like execs in other roles who just want to be a leader, who want to be a manager. And they have all they mean by that is I send out these weekly reports, I write a strategy doc, and we win. Step three, win. And it doesn't work that way. Like you truly have to understand what this company does. And the best leaders know this. And, you know, the best leaders I've seen are able to go up and down the stack. They are very scrappy, full stack leaders who can like work with the engineers, you know, figure out what the product is, you know, almost like get it to a point where they can like sit in customer meetings and be valuable. They can also go upstream and talk strategy, uh, you know, present to the board and be that kind of a person as well, like uh, that kind of a leader as well. And, you know, Sriram, at least, you know, for us in our very early in our lives, we were told if you're too caught up with like the, the customer side of things and building the product side of things, you can't be a strategic leader and vice versa. Like you have to like signal who you are. Mm -hmm. I think that's all bullshit. I think you should just like figure out, um, how to truly understand what this company does, what the products are, how are you making money? Like just get to the fundamentals of it. And and if you don't do that, you're all just going to be talking in abstractions and that's not healthy. That's one. Two, get in on customer calls as early as you can. Like don't, don't feel like, oh, you know nothing. You're going to look like an idiot. It's only been 30 days. What do you know? It doesn't matter. Like you have to sit in on these calls or you do them yourself or even better, like fly into the customer locations if you can, 
just do the thing like sit down with the customer and talk to them and you can also caveat you know one be grateful for the customer's time because they know you're new they know it's kind of a waste of time for them so be thankful for it tell them up front that you're new but come in from a place of learning and curiosity and ask them you know what's working what do you like about us what do you not they love that like i promise you customers really like that you as a new exec manager leader reached out and chose them and want to go learn from them and uh, they feel like they have an ally in this company um and uh, they want to like help you be successful so talk to customers as early as you can like do all the outside of the company org building stuff as well and don't lose focus on the fundamentals of the business and i think when you do that that's so true because when you do that in the first 36 days first it's just going to give you so much better understanding of what this company actually does you yeah. can amaze like how often when you actually use a product you'll be like oh you know why are we doing this or why is this an issue it does two things one it helps you understanding second is uh so few people do this that when your engineers or somebody or your sales people actually see you use a product file a bug or try and you know get the repo from git and try and like build it yourself or a sales person sees you jump on a call and just talk to a customer you don't you know and they will have so much respect for you because yeah. you are rolling up your sleeves and you are yeah. getting the trenches and it's going to yeah. bring you so much appreciation because you're trying to you know actually see how things are on the ground and every yeah. single case i bet that you learn something and yeah. um in depending on company you know there are a few simple things like use the thing right it, you, if you have anything which is customer facing uh it has pixels install it you know sign up for it use it go through the whole flow if there is a sales process sit not a few calls uh see how your product is being sold talk to some of your key customers uh if you you know look at the engineering repo you know pull some code try and build it yourself if you if you have the capability to do so it's going to help you so much and it's going to win you so much respect yeah and file bugs you know and file bugs yes <laughs> yeah nothing wins it's more respect from the product engineering team as much as people like you know new execs trying out a product and actually filing bugs being like i expected it to work like this it didn't maybe i got something wrong but you know i'm just i just want to file this thing and trust me it's just people feel very enthused about a new person trying out the product and caring enough to fix it or want to fix it um and it goes a really long way to just build momentum and energy inside the company as well yeah i agree okay one last thing i would say uh and maybe it's the last thing you do in your wrap up your first 45 60 90 days which is you want to do some sort of a large presentation and all hands uh 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 you know uh you know like a what broad session of sort and where you say hey i'm now here and this is the plan forward yeah. right like it has and this has a few elements this has the mission uh your vision for where things should go yeah. it incorporates you know some themes of what you've heard which also tells people that you've been listening it also tells people how they actually mapped up your plan ahead and then actually articulate the plan that you have going forward right and in typically i would say you want to do this in the first 3 months um and depending on the size of your company this could be a small group or this could be a presentation to several thousand people but you want to do it in the first 3 months and that is you know once you've done that you're really off to the races right you're you're now people are going to be like, this person's here they have been established they have seen you meet everybody they've talked to you uh, themselves they have seen you fire some people uh, they have seen you on customer calls they've seen you all with sleeves there so they now know when you make the presentation they know that you've put in the work 
and then the presentation itself, the plan, you know, the strategy, whatever the case may be, uh, they're going to be like, okay, we now know, we know what our marching orders are. We're ready to go. So that'd be like the last step. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, Shriram, I think you've done a really good job of this one thing, which is to find your first win, right? Um, how do you do that with, if you're a new exec yeah. leader at a company? Oh, great point. Uh, I would say, you know, it's, uh, gosh, we should probably mentioned this earlier. Probably one of the most important things to do is to find a small win in the first 45, 60 days, right? And there are a couple of ways to do this. The first is uh, if there is, you you basically find a small project or a small issue and you try and get it done, right? And yeah. this could be, for example, somebody is blocked on an, you know, like a product issue. So you jump in, you show up in every single meeting, you roll up your sleeves and you get the product out the door. Somebody is trying to do a sales negotiation and you are known as negotiator. They're stuck. You jump in, you help get the deal done and inked and signed. Uh, or my favorite is there is a crisis, right? Like there is nothing that helps a new leader as much as a crisis. Like, uh, you know, like, and my, my favorite, Ram Emanuel, who, who used to obviously be chief of staff for the, uh, the Obama administration, he'd be like, never waste a good crisis. So uh, right. if you have a problem that shows up in the first 45, 60 days, right? A customer's really unhappy. There is a negative press article, like a project is slipping. You should thank your lucky stars because now you have a chance to roll up your sleeves, jump into action, and it does a few things. One is you can really see the organization in action and you can see yeah. how they're working and just really, you know, see the, you know, evaluate people. Second, they see you in action, right? And they see you in the trenches, right? Like they see you on the, the war room meeting. They see you on the customer call negotiating with an angry customer trying to calm him down or her down. They see you, uh, you know, looking at the project timelines and most stuff. And they, you're going to win. You're going to be a general who's now on the battlefield, you know, fighting the other, uh, or enemy troops as opposed to somebody on side of the end. So if one of those things happen, great. And um, uh, and so in the first 45, 60, 70 days, you know, find a crisis uh, or find a small project that you can do and get it done. It's going to help you immeasurably. It's going to help you yourself feel good about it. Look, I don't want to understate the imposter syndrome thing. You are going to feel... Like you don't know what you're doing. You're like lonely. There's just uh, no one really supporting you. You're wondering if, you know, this company made the right choice to hire you or you made the right choice joining. Like you're just going to go through these periods of self-doubt. Um, and uh, nothing's going to give you confidence as much as just doing the thing and finding a small win. So I wouldn't underestimate that part of it. Um but, you know, at the end of all of this, have fun. Like, you're going to go learn a ton in this new role. Um, you know, not everybody gets to do this. And you've been chosen for a very specific reason. So lean into it and uh, do this with enthusiasm. I love it. Uh, and tell us how it goes, right? Like, uh, it, what worked, what didn't. Uh, I mean, look, this is one of the things which everybody in a professional career goes through at some point in time. And it's never easy. They all yeah. build their own patterns about this. So if you have gone through this, let us know whether this resonated with you, whether some of these are similar to things you have done. And if you haven't gone through this, or, or best of all, if you've just taken over a team, you know, try and put this into action, you know, uh, do all of the above and, you know, send us a DM. And, you know, I, yes, I send us a note, leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Like we said, it's, this is a lonely job to just talk to me and Shriram and I talking to each other. So we'd love to hear from you. 
I don't remember, by the way, most new managers don't work out, so you're probably going to get fired anyway. I'm sorry, I'm kidding. What? Like, I'm... <laughs> that is not the note we want to end this on. <laughs> but it's true, it's true, it's a hard job. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, look, it, it, it is a tough job, and it is very easy to, I think, make some very uh, avoidable mistakes. So do the above, and you'll be further ahead than most, most new managers I've ever run it. That's awesome. Anyway, on that note, Thank you so much for joining us. Another exciting episode of the Audience Street, I'm sure. Again, leave us a review, hit subscribe, send us a note. We want to hear from you. But uh, uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you. All right. Thanks.